squared. P squared. M squared. What's up? Mike and Mike on the mic. How are How you? Are you? Oh, you? You want headphones? Great. You can hear us? Yeah. You can put those blue ones on right now. That's great. Ooh, Not bad, right? Yeah. Super nice, official. Right? This is this is like deluxe. You all are. You spared you no all, expense. You all are in style. Only the best for you, Pam. Only the best. Yes. So how are things? How's today? How's the week? It is like going 60 miles an hour. I thought I thought last night I would fall into bed, but I went home after going from point A to B to C, and I was wide awake. Yeah. For hours, and so right. here I am, I won't wide put, awake. I won't put you on the spot and ask what time that was that you made your way into bed. <laughs> it was a reasonable hour, Mike. Of course, <laughs> it was reasonable. And very well behaved. Yes, yes. We were just talking about that too, though. How I don't think we rolled into the wee 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 hours, and I still needed about an hour to just decompress and come down from phys ed chop challenge to seeing all the national trainers at the oh, tin roof afterwards yeah. oh, from yeah. martin's barbecue joint which was the finest barbecue meal i've had in quite some time uh my emerging leader session with colin brooks and matt pomeroy stephanie sandino and a whole host of other people who popped in it was just an amazing amazing way to kick off the first day hey how about uh that judge you know in the chop challenge our own mike martinez <laughs> I did try to bribe him with barbecue. Food is always a good bribe. Absolutely. Right? This guy yeah. did work at Martin's Barbecue last night. Unfortunately, I had already eaten dinner, so her bribe only got her to second place. But it's further <laughs> yeah. than it probably would have gotten you know, otherwise. Yeah, absolutely. That was a blast. Listen, team team run the world. If you were not there, if you, I don't know how you wouldn't have heard about it yet, but team run the world almost ran the table and taught some of these young bucks a lesson with creativity with spunk with pizzazz with a little bit of flair and some awesome pink shirts i i was i was adding up years of experience between the, the six of us and i got close to probably i was i was going on like 150 years or something i thought okay i don't know if that's impressive or exhaustive <laughs> i'm not sure which way we should look at it but it was pretty cool probably equal parts both if i had to guess Yes, but it, it was very it was very apparent to see the again the the years of creativity and oh my goodness I just found out I have to cover a class I have six pieces of equipment that do not go together let's oh. make something work yeah and by the way the tweets sent out is like uh, little hints they used not one piece of that equipment <laughs> they did throw uh, so a little a little insider information half the stuff that was supposed to be shipped here did not arrive. So it became a last second scramble. What can we get our hands on with an hour to go? So they yeah. had their own behind the scenes chop challenge <laughs> to get the chop challenge yeah, off the ground. None of their stuff came. Funny. So well, huge. It's not funny, but it is. Uh, well, that would explain a lot. Yeah. But man, we had some really cool ideas with the other stuff. I think they ought to bring that stuff out when it comes and let us show them what we were going to do with it. What May do you think? There might be a sequel to the Fizz Ed Chop Challenge. I, I have no actual information to confirm that or corroborate it but the rumor did officially get started just now so sarah gh betsy caldwell if you're listening thank you thank you thank you for everything you did last night but the people want more let's give them more yeah and by the way gentlemen this booth is pretty dang cool you all are looking <laughs> impressive here and uh i love the screen behind you with all of the open um scrolling through and the modules and everything so much new stuff coming out and exciting 
Yeah. There, there's a fine, upstanding young gentleman by the name of Kurt Stone who's floating around this uh, this Music City Center. He has been kind of keeping this under wraps for quite some time, but the way U.S. games and the way Open tends to do things is try to do things no one else is doing or has done and provide as much benefit and service to teachers as possible. I think this booth is going to nail that in every way, shape, and form. There's products, there's information, there's people, there's water, there's snacks, there's chairs to sit down and relax. It's truly something for everyone, one-stop shopping. I'm a little biased, but I think this is the, the crown jewel of the exhibit hall so far. Yes, and, and Mike and Mike have their drinks of choice, you know, <laughs> when you come to visit. Yes. Yes, Diet Mountain Dew and... Uh, water. Water. I'm a water guy. Water guy. But my um, regular yeah. Mountain Dew is under the table. Oh, nice. <laughs> we are we are working on a Mountain Dew sponsorship that hasn't come through <laughs> just yet, so if we can get a steady stream of those, uh, that'd be fantastic. Keep the vocal cords nice and lubricated. Maybe a little water would be beneficial for that as well. I think probably a water in between. You know, you might want to space that out. I'm, I'm not a ca- I'm, I'm not a coffee guy, so I have to get my caffeine through. You didn't drink one of these last night, did you, Mike? I did not. Okay. I did not. A couple other things, but no <laughs> no diet dues, though, fortunately or unfortunately. Speaking of the Phys Ed Chop Challenge, Chop Challenge Champion, say that five times real fast. Chop Challenge Champion. Benjamin Aloysius Perillo Third. His middle name may or may not be Aloysius. I like how he's lurking. Just it was kind of like he did in the Chop Challenge, too. <laughs> he kind of like... He was moving around, run the world a lot, but uh, oh, he looks like he's ready. He's using his uh, those peacock feathers from last night to kind of puff his chest out a little bit like a peacock. And He didn't need feathers to do that. <laughs> <laughs> the exhibit hall is officially open, ladies and gentlemen. We are rocking and rolling here with Pam Powers, the pride and joy of Houston, Texas. Yeehaw! <laughs> Who was going sans cowboy boots then? I'm a little surprised by that. Well, you know, those boots were not made for walking. That so is for sure. I, they're going to have to come on later. <laughs> later tonight. Uh, later tonight, the Open Impact Awards, maybe? Will they make a, yes, an appearance sir. there? Yes, sir. They will be making an, an open uh, appearance. And, uh, yes. I'm going uh, to try to tie together a New York inspired three-piece suit with a 10-gallon hat and a pair of cowboy boots. I don't know if I can pull all those things off. Oh, you can. If anyone can rock it, you can do it. <laughs> and, by the way, on any event you'd ever be in, in Dallas, Houston, anywhere, that's how you see people dressed. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. I'm just trying, trying to fit in my surroundings, that's all. Hey, when in Nashville. Absolutely. Right? I'm, I'm looking for a for a Pam Power-sized belt buckle to go with my <laughs> jeans and my, and, my, and my sport coat. Now, I did bring my concho belt also, y'all, so uh, I'm not sure I'll be rocking that tonight, but maybe on Friday. If you be around, all y'all can see it. I love the, the longer this conversation goes on, the further and further she falls into the South, <laughs> which, which is amazing. But then again, Pam is amazing, so I should not be shocked or surprised. Uh, you us. all are amazing. That's why this is happening. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I thank you. I guess. <laughs> I don't, I don't do false compliments very well, but I'll, but I'll take that one from okay. you, though. Yeah, you do. Good, good, good. Thank you. Thank you. Well, uh, what do you have on tap for the rest of the, the afternoon, rest of the week? Yeah, so <laughs> I was checking out my schedule, and I would like to find some coffee. So if anyone knows where there's some coffee nearby, I'd love some. There's a phenomenal coffee shop in the Omni. 
Exactly. Yes, I've, like I've, Java, I've, I have Bongo, been there. Yeah. Bongo, Bongo, yeah, Bongo, but we are in the convention yeah. center right now. Really there is a Dunkin' Donuts downstairs. I'm directionally challenged. Okay. I do know down, but yeah. you know, there's you go, lots of different downs if here. If you go all the way down to the first floor, yes. where the signs are leading you to the Davidson uh, Amphitheater or whatever it is, uh, if you walk further down that hallway, it's on the left-hand side. Okay. All you right. might walk past it, so it's like a little glass door, and there's no sign. You just oh. yeah, it's, it's kind of hidden. It's kind of hidden. Okay. You just smell the the brew. So after I find coffee, I'm planning to go to the one and only Charlotte Tedder Cronky session. Yes. Uh, about it's 145, I believe. I don't know what room it's in. Now, is this her the, the Sport Ed? Yes. Session with Matt Pomeroy that she's rocking and rolling. She's, I think she got two in a row. She got one that starts right after that too. Okay. Also, um, but I'm going to try and make it early because then I need to go and get my cowboy girl boots on. And, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> and put my hat on. Well, I I think I'm going to hit the happy trails and cool. uh, leave it to you two. But you all are amazing. Well, it's going to happy gonna, trails to you. Yes. Yeah. I I feel like there's a, a line of people waiting for the mic and I. I don't want to be taking their time. That's very, very mindful of you. We appreciate that. Before you go, since we are here in Nashville, what's your favorite country music song? Oh, A Girl Like You, Easton Corbin. Wow. Love it. In fact, I have a little line dance that <laughs> I choreographed and I taught it yesterday in my session. Well, Girl Like You. Unfortunately, we don't have visual evidence of yes. this. So, so can we get a few bars of the song for, for the people listening at home? Mm -hmm. I'm trying to get to the chorus. She's so beautiful. I can't remember the rest. I, she, he put me on the spot. That was a colossal failure, but we still appreciate hey, Pam's, Pam's hey, effort. Kind of hey like the now. chop challenge was last night for her. <gasps> um, <clears throat> what? Oh my gosh. And on that note, Pam Powers, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for stopping by. Peace. Peace and love. There it is. Got lots of bars around this town. They got cold beer. Yeah, and they got crown. It's, it's always nice to be uh, asked back to uh, such a prestigious event. Full disclosure, Alex was not asked back. He just came over and sat down <laughs> with headphones on. But <laughs> Well, now that that cat's out of the bag, <laughs> let's continue to move forward. <laughs> Alex O'Brien, open national trainer, superhero who doesn't don a cape, energy and electricity personified. Best haircut in the house. Number, number one in the nation. I, I, I'm, I'm going to tell you one thing right now. I just left that general session, and Stephen Ritz uh, has more energy than I've, I've seen. It, it, it was wild and crazy. And now, and now coming here and seeing this booth jam-packed with people with energy, people with passion, people who want to make this the number one conference in the nation, it's, uh, it's cool to see. It's a, lot, it's a lot of fun to be a part of, I tell you what. It's just amazing how much brilliance there is walking these halls, the, the smiles, the like-minded people, just so much positivity and joy and love being spread. And I feel like, Alex, you fit in perfectly in that, that amalgamation of, of, of goodness. What is, what's not I saw somebody in the lobby at the Omni Hotel and walk up and they said, oh, hey, you know, uh, what's, what's this? What's going on? They were talking about, we had a crew, had a meeting, a little open phys ed people, and 
she didn't know about it. She didn't know about open. So it was a three second conversation with go here, log in. By the way, it's free 99. And it was uh, it was a good experience. It's, it's good to have. And, and that's that, that's the big thing. I'm beyond that. Seeing the seeing the faces of people who are passionate, seeing the faces of people who are being inspired, having nonstop aha moments. It's um, it's a lot of fun to be around. It's, it's pretty tough to, to get away from your students when you do have that as your number one priority, but I mean, the passion you're gonna come back with is out of control. It's sensational. Uh, to shift gears just a little bit, we are here in Nashville, AKA the Music City. What is your, your favorite country music song, Mr. O'Brien? My favorite country music song um, of all time is uh, Thunder Rolls by Garth Brooks. Um, that being said, Travis Tritt, It's a Great Day to Be Alive is going to be the song that I'm going to go with because it is a great day to be alive and we are here in Music City and <laughs> I'm going to need to find a spot to karaoke that potentially later this week. Do you have a favorite song? I do, but I ask the questions around here, not you, sir. <laughs> uh, can, can we get a, a few bars of that preview before the karaoke bar opens up tonight? <clears throat> Is this mic on? <laughs> I got a rice cooking in the microwave. Got a three-day beard I don't plan to shave. And it's a goofy thing, but I just got to say, hey, I'm doing all right. Did the microphone break or was that? <laughs> it, was, it was velvety. <laughs> there are numerous karaoke bars lining up uh, to get Alex to, to don their microphones tonight. I, I can't think of a better way to, to wrap up this portion of our program. Mr. O'Brien, always, always, always a pleasure to be in your company, sir. Mike and Mike, thank you so much for all y'all do. Uh, Folks, we are back in action. There's absolute madness and chaos going on all around us. There's a, an impromptu cheerleading demonstration going on wow. on the other side of our booth that was not planned or practiced. It's, it's full with lifts and everything. <laughs> Absolutely. But more importantly, we are being joined here on the Open Forum podcast by the one, the only, Jamie Sparks. Jamie Sparks, how are we doing today, sir? Great, thank you guys very much. It's an honor to be here. Appreciate uh, getting the word out. The honor is definitely all ours. Uh, I'm glad you carved out a few seconds for us to say hi, pop on by. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us what does this week look like for you in general? What do you have going on this week? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, this is my, I think, my seventh, eighth straight uh, national conference, and I can say it's a, it's definitely changed a lot since that first year. Uh, I, my, my first uh, national conference was in San Diego back in 2011, and uh, it was my first year at the Department of Education. And, uh, and, and last night we actually hosted a, uh, a first-time attendee social. You know, it was, it was I think that's one thing I've learned in this is the networking, collaboration, the relationships you build, and and just uh, you know I haphazardly came across some folks in my first year in San Diego and finding some folks wearing some bright neon speaker, uh, sneakers. <laughs> and uh, so I didn't want that to haphazardly happen. So we put an invite out on exchange and, and had about 40, 45 folks over last night. And, and being only four hours away, uh, just, just north of here in Kentucky, uh, brought down some, some fine uh, Kentucky refreshments, uh, both, both ginger ale and, and of other sorts as well. <laughs> and others. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but, yeah, so the week is, is a very busy. Uh, I kind of serve dual, dual roles in, in both being a Department of Education in Kentucky and also Executive Director of our state association. So between uh, learning, networking, and business meetings, uh, it is a, is a full schedule for sure. I'm sure. I, I have to imagine that, that first-time attendee social is critically important to what we're trying to do in terms of growing membership across the country, growing just the, the awareness of what we're trying to do as an organization and for PE in general. 
I'm sure there's also probably tons of others who are not here for the first time. If you could get the word out to them, someone who either has never been or just isn't here this time, what's one thing about this kind of a conference that people don't know about? Yeah, you know, I think just just seeing learning from the best of the best. In fact, I had a lady from uh, from Seattle last night. Uh, she's actually in a private school out in Seattle and got some funds to come. And, and really hadn't been involved in her state association. I'd ask, you know, do you know Lisa Rocco's? Do you know Lori Dunn? She's like, no, I don't. Like, and so, you know, it's amazing, you know, how many people out there in our profession are still on those islands. Uh, you know, and just, just knowing and the networking you get uh, get here to see real life people uh, and, and just the ability to connect with those. And, and you know, again, I, I think back to how much things continue to change uh, and just how, you know, the, just the dynamics of all the different presenters and, and folks have their social media presence, they have their websites. And so, you know, and, and it's, it's changed. I left the classroom seven years ago. And, you know, and I remember how, how I never got professional development. The school I was at never paid for that, never supported that. And now, you know, I look teachers in the face and say, if you're not getting PD, it's your fault. And, you know, and, and that doesn't mean you're coming to a, a paid conference or a paid session, but it's out there to learn, learn from each other, to share a network, and, you know, to here to be, do, be able to do it in person. You know, sure. one of the highlights, I think, at any conference, especially at Shape, is, is when thumbnail people become real people, right? Like, you follow them on Facebook or Twitter or whatever, and all of a sudden, like, Mike's a real dude. Like, look at this. He's got, he's got a real, real body person. I can shake your hand. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely, absolutely. That was one of the, the prevailing themes, I think, in our Emerging Leader session yesterday was that it's so, I mean, I'm hearing you mention Lisa's name and Lori's name. These are people that I, I know and I have met who live on literally the opposite end of the country Absolutely. where I am. So I, for me, I think this conference is not just about the learning, but the connections, the yeah. knowing that you're not on an island. There are ways to connect with people, whether it's Facebook, Twitter, uh, email. Yep. And then when you get to see people in, in person, it just takes that, that relationship to the next level. It takes the learning to the next level. Yeah. But there's, it's just an awesome way to connect with those people. From yeah. all over the country, or in Australia's case, all over the world. Yeah, yeah. No, absolutely. You know, and I always like I joke. Like it's it's weird to say this, but one of my favorite conferences, national conferences, was was Boston the first year, and and I, and like and, and I explained like it was canceled because of a fire, and we didn't have sessions, and people were like that was your best se- that was your best conference ever, <laughs> but it was because of the nature of the folks that yeah. are in this business and the opportunity to go out and network and have that time because your schedules are so busy. So the sessions are great, but it's also that the networking collaboration, the face to face time, is so critically important and continuing to build those those relationships in person but also virtually as well for sure now you know there are thousands of people here and everyone has their own mindset coming in what they want to accomplish what they're trying to do in your capacity what is like your one big goal that you're trying to accomplish this year at the conference yeah, as far as the conference this year, you know, I think as far as with Shape America and with the districts and state associations, you know, I think we really have to, you know, and I hope that that's something that will continue to provoke interest around is is revenue. And how and I don't mean just revenue for Shape America. I mean revenue for everybody that's got a stake in the game. I mean for the classroom teacher. And so I think we've got to look at fundraising, and, and how more people can get connected to their professional association, but more importantly, how the professional association can serve them to where the two, $300 budget they have is not adequate enough to replace anything, let alone professional development, let alone equipment. And so I think in this day and age, we got so many players in this, and, and I, think, I think that's what we see a lot with the, with the board at the national level starting to, to think more innovatively. And, and I'm excited to be a part of those conversations at the district level and then at the shape level uh, to continue to say, Let's keep moving this thing forward, but we got some real 
challenges facing us. And if we don't answer, like we're going to continue to, to squabble and fight about the direction we're going to go because we're continually working with a smaller purse. So we change that purse, then we change the conversation, the direction we all go uh, for, for the betterment of our students. As someone who is pretty plugged in at, at a high level, not just in shape, but for PE across the country, what would you say is the biggest challenge that we're facing in PE right now? I, I, I think, you know, I think the opportunity, I think professional development is, you know, I, well, it's, it's two-sided because, you know, I think we run into the conversations where as we talk about the opportunities with ESSA and the Every Student Succeeds Act, it is a step forward, but, but we didn't land on the moon. This is not a giant leap. And, and, and what we have to realize is we have a lot of folks out there that are still in decision. So, so if you think about a, a decade, two decades of, of minimization of physical education at schools and health education, we have superintendents that have never seen quality health or PE model. We have senators and representatives. And so when we're advocating, so as we're pushing this, this momentum forward, we have a lot of people in key positions that, that it doesn't resonate with them. You know, and, and we still fight, though. I was just, just talking to, to some folks from another state earlier, and they're, they're battling with the marching band counting as PE credit. You know, and, and, and us that are so passionate about it, we get really fired up. But we also got to realize that principal that walks in a building of a teacher that's been teaching 15, 20 years, they've never been to their state conference, aren't online, they're not on Twitter, they're not connected, they li they've lived on this island. And so for, for that teacher, may maybe the teacher's lazy. That, they're out there. But maybe the teacher's never been supported. And so how do we bridge those gaps and get, and because it's all in messaging, so we, we can advocate, but we also got to realize the challenges, the barriers in advocating for folks that, that have never seen what we get to see here, you know, in person, and, and to set those messages of success stories to saying, here's where we're all going to move the bar collectively. That's so, so true. And to kind of take that one step further, I'm going to put you on the spot a little bit. Hundreds of friends of yours, I'm sure, are going to be listening to this. What's the one session you're looking forward to this week? Oh gosh, you know, you know, honestly, uh, I always look forward to the to the to the general sessions. Uh, so Stephen Ritz was this morning, so I definitely have that one marked. And, and if if you're out there and not got a chance to see uh, see him ever, check out his stuff because the the, the inspiration, the motivation uh, that was behind that, uh, definitely uh, just it's just a great way to kick it off. And just a reminder of, of teaching in general. You know, this guy's a science teacher. But he was up there saying the messages of health and PE, but, they, but also the importance of, of community and the importance of relationships. And I think health and PE stand out in all subject areas for, for our opportunities to build those relationships with students. Uh, but honestly, like my schedule between, between running for Shape America president uh, and, and uh, my, my CAFER duties, and my and my my real job that actually pays for my mortgage and things like that, uh, I don't have a lot of opportunities to attend sessions anymore. So you know that's definitely evolved over the last few years of, of getting out there, but uh, but definitely getting the network for folks at the end of the night and uh, and see some stuff uh, for, for for those folks. That's awesome. Yeah. Uh, we were talking offline before about you know the the big the big election the results big election. coming up on fr Friday afternoon. <laughs> Friday, is that right? Friday, yeah. yeah, Friday at one, the all member session, yeah. And, as, as I mentioned offline, I can't think of two better people to be running for this position. Yeah. Uh, Jamie and RD are both pioneers, trailblazers in our, in our industry, in our field. And I'm certain that regardless of who is driving the ship, have either. Yeah, whoever is driving, we're going to get to our destination. <laughs> At home, Absolutely. So. When the announcement came out, Artie and I, we connected immediately and we said, hey, no matter what happens, Shape America is going to have a, a good direction, be in good hands, and, and we're, we're full on to support uh, whatever the, the members decide, and, and we look forward to the opportunity to continue to work together and continue to do the things we've been doing 
uh, prior to this, prior to, to running for the board uh, in, in this capacity. So, well, on behalf of everyone who's listening, everyone who's not, everyone who will be represented by this, thank you for your leadership. Thank you for your for your hard work, and most importantly, thank you for your time today. We appreciate appreciate it. you guys. Thanks for the opportunity. Absolutely. No Take it easy, Jamie. Jamie Sparks, uh, the possible future possible, president. Yeah, possible president. Coming up on Friday. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks so much. It's good talking to you. Appreciate it. Appreciate it. Yo, keep up the good work. We'll have to do this again sometime in a longer capacity when we have more time. All right. That sounds great. Take right, it easy, brother. Big Ross, come on in. The, the, yeah. the, the hits just keep on rolling, ladies and gentlemen. Jamie Sparks out. Mr. CPE, for those of you who are active on What's Twitter. What's up, everybody? Rocking and rolling. Throw those headphones on this. You can hear us and sound super, super official and super profesh. Happy to be here. Thanks for having me on, gentlemen. Happy to have you. For those uh, of you who are not active Twitter users, Ross, tell us a little, bit, a little bit about yourself. I'm a teacher in Central Maryland. been teaching at um, my school for the past eight years, K-5 through elementary PE. I'm super passionate about quality PE. come from a long line of fa- uh, physical educators in my family, both my mom and dad taught PE in New York City public schools. There you go. So I'm in good company here with the Mike and Mike crew. A little Big Apple shout out That's there. That's it. Big Apple shout out, baby. Long Brooke, Island native. Bro- Long Island native. Yeah. Long Island native. Yep. <laughs> Made my way south, found my wife, and that's where I reside now. So you yeah. Hopefully you got better weather there than we do in New York City right now. Uh, it came through my spot first, man. Yeah. She's, she's telling me it's pretty bad there right now, but everything's great here, so I'm happy to be here in Nashville with you guys, and National Convention is awesome. Happy awesome. to have you, man. As someone who I look to as one of the quote-unquote the next generation the hopefully the future of PE it's always fun and exciting for me to see to meet up with you in person at these conferences we talk on Twitter I feel like all the time in in group chats and things of that nature but what's one thing that brings you to a conference of this magnitude taking time away from your school mm-hmm. money th- things of that nature yeah well I mean the feelings mutual with you guys man I think you're you're doing amazing things so keep up the great work first of all um, <laughs> thank you, thank you. Thank you. As far as what brings me here, I mean, I just think about kind of what you alluded to already was, you know, the people that you connect with on, on Twitter and, and in real life. I mean, those are the relationships, you know, and that's in teaching the most important part, right? With, with students and with your colleagues, you want to have those lasting relationships. And it, it's funny how, I mean, last year in Boston was really the first time where I started meeting people from Twitter, like in real life, like for the first time. Yeah. And it's funny because you go back and forth with them so much in social media, and then you meet them for the first time, and it's like you've known each other in person for years. It's it's just funny how that has that effect, and I think that's just uh, you know a testament to um, you know the way that our profession is and how connected we all are. Um, I mean, the connectedness is definitely what brings me to these kinds of conferences and wanting to be, you know, and spend that time with people. And if I get, you know, some great little snippets along the way, that's awesome. But, I mean, spending time with like-minded people, it recharges you. It re-energizes you. You know, you might be down in the dump, something happened, you know, right before you left. But, you know, it's something that can really lift you back up, I think, just being with those kind of people like yourselves and all the other people here at this amazing conference. The the Romeo Music Booth is bumping right now. (laughs) I hear they're, it. They're doing a, a drum bit. demonstration. Yep. So speaking of recharging yeah, and right. yep. beefing up the energy, there you go. The exhibit hall is rocking and yeah. rolling right now. Uh, Ross, you mentioned the, the little snippets that you get. I'm mm-hmm. sure those of you know the folks that are listening who have not been to a national yep. conference, most have probably been to a state or, or yep. regional conference. What would you say for those who haven't been to a national? What's one thing about a, a conference of this magnitude that people might not know about? People might not know about. Hmm. That's a good question. I think 
you, you kind of have to have look, reflect, self-reflect before you come here. Like, what are what are things that you know you do well? What are things that you know maybe you need to work on a little bit? It's really easy to come here, I think, and you know go to the things that you're comfortable going to. But if you can kind of self-reflect a little bit before you get here and say, hey, I really need to make going to these type of sessions a priority and like kind of planning out your plan of attack, I guess you could say, um, making that a priority in how you approach coming to a conference like this and really any kind of a conference, I guess, that self-reflection piece I think is huge. Um, so kind of looking for things that you need to go to to you know, grow professionally, to get better as a teacher. You know, don't just follow the masses, don't, you know, you know, if you have a, a group, don't be afraid to go off on your own and, you know, hey, you guys might be going there, but, hey, I need to kind of go this way for myself and to get better. You know? So now, personally, you've already gone through that process. You've reflected. Mm -hmm. You know your craft. You know where you need to improve. Mm -hmm. What is your drive? What is the one thing you're trying to accomplish while you're here this year? While I'm here, I need to do some more things, I think, with better more practical, I should say, more practical like assessment type stuff. Um, I do, I mean, assessing is obviously important. We all do it, you know, but I think it, it can be a, a tedious process um, the way I've done things in the past. So trying to streamline that and kind of looking for myself, looking for those assessment type sessions and maybe little hacks and things along the way that I could do in my own practice and, you know, change a little bit to make things easier. Um, that's something that I need to kind of do myself a little bit and, and kind of figure out. I don't know any teacher that wouldn't benefit yeah. from yeah, from absolutely getting better at assessment, more comfortable with assessment. Yeah. What is the best session you've seen so far this week? Yesterday, yesterday was awesome, man. Um, the Aussie crew killed it yesterday with their target, you know, game innovation I'm, cricket I'm upset setup. We that one. It, it was it was pretty awesome, um, and the, just the fact that they came all the way over here for this, you know, was amazing in of itself. Just meeting them and talking with them, um, that was probably the highlight yesterday. Just just how much. Wayne and Christina and Aaron really, really tapped into, you know, their students' creativity and autonomy and, and those kinds of things. Um, and that's something that I've been really trying to strive myself to do this year a lot of. Um, and I, I really think that's something that we as a profession need to m move more towards, that whole student-centered piece. You know, it's not really about you as the teacher, you know, up there. You know, you need to put it in the hands of your kids. And they, when they own it, you know, they're going to be much more likely to continue those types of things on their own, you know, outside of the four walls of your gym. So that session was awesome. Like just, just, yeah, amazing. Folks, if you, if you haven't seen the Aussies yet, it's not just the accents. They really are, <laughs> they really are that awesome. They're they the are. real deal. Please, please, please seek them out. Yes. They're, they're wonderful human beings. They're, they're, they're good teachers. They're great people. Yes. Uh, def definitely try to seek them out. They're, they're, they're not hard to miss. No. <laughs> so, no, they're not. No, they're not. Definitely give them a shout. Uh, speaking of Twitter and networking and, yep. and making those connections, who is the, the the coolest person you've met so far this week? The person you've been most excited to, to bump per into? Well, I'm on the ESPE track crew, so I had not met most of the team members besides Rich Wiles, obviously, because we're in Maryland together, and Ryan Jacob, we're also in Maryland together. Um, but everyone else I have not met in person. So Sarah Wood, I just met her about 20 minutes ago for the first <laughs> time, and she's in New York City now too, so yep, yep. another New York City shout-out. So I met her for the first time. Matthew Bassett and Stephanie Sandito, met them for the first time yesterday during their session. Um, on their tech, uh, you know, your own tech journey session. So that was, that was for me, that was awesome. Very Meeting them for the first time, you know, because we work so 
closely together on, on you know, a DSP chat project and just meeting them for the first time was pretty cool. Do you find that since you talk so much on Twitter and you uh-huh. meet them in person, you have nothing to talk about? <laughs> <laughs> That's a good question. Um, I, don't, I think we, we, we had a pretty good, good yeah. conversation. We're going to go out to a, like a team ESP chat lunch tomorrow, so nice. that'll, be, that'll be really cool. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah. Uh, you know, you just you always find things to talk about with these, you know, with great people. I feel like you know, there's there's never a subject that's, you know, never a lack of subject matter. I should say for sure. Uh, I, I want to be mindful of your time. I'm sure you have other cool people that you're waiting I'm, to bump I'm into. with some pretty cool dudes right now. <laughs> man, so. uh, it's it's always great to uh, be who, able to. Who, who are you talking about? <laughs> It's always great to be able to have these in-person conversations yes. with you. I'm sure we'll catch up either later tonight Absolutely. or at some point during the week. Thank you so much for stopping by, Ross. It's, yeah, it's thanks, fellas. I appreciate it. With you. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Thanks, buddy. All right, we are back once again, folks, in the exhibit hall here at Shape Nashville, the Open Forum podcast, and these next two guests. Uh, I'm going to take a little trip down memory lane, a little, a little sentimental spot in my heart. My old college advisor, Dr. Lauren Lieberman, is here joining us and a very close friend, Michelle Grenier, and they are rocking and rolling and enjoying all that Shape Nashville has to offer. Ladies, how are we doing today? Great, great. It's great to be here with amongst, yeah. amongst like, like-minded people. Thanks for having us. This is a lot of fun, Mike and Mike. <laughs> These are two ladies, I'm sure if you don't know them, they are infinitely more important and busy than we are. So thank you for carving out a few minutes of your time to sit with us and chat and just share on the, the celebration that is Shape Nashville. So. Just jump right into it. What does your week look like so far? What do you have on this on tap? Well, we are excited because we are going to a session at 145 on universally designing playgrounds and playground curriculum. And then we have a session at 3.30 about universally designing your class for children who have moderate and severe disabilities. So I just want to add, there's a lot of energy in this place right now. <laughs> it is buzzing, okay? I don't know if you can feel it over the mic or anything else, but... <laughs> Uh, professor at UNH, I have eight students here, so we've got this, you know, uh, avenue for the future professionals. We've got professionals who have their mentors here, so we have a really nice cross-section of individuals. And the other thing I want to say is, you know, having just come from the keynote, I don't know if you heard the keynote, he was fabulous, uh, Stephen Ritz, Ritz yeah, yeah. you know, and I think the message that I want people to get from this conference is we've got equity, we've got access, we've got opportunity. Those are three that he mentioned, but I want to add one more and that's advocacy. Yes. And I think what everybody's going to take away from this is you want to go out and advocate because there's a little problem out there. So this is a great conference for promoting and advocating and reinforcing who and what we do. And that's coming off from a big speak out day this year. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of accomplishment with the folks in DC. Yeah, that's good. Uh, Michelle, it's, it's so inspiring for me to hear that you have a little team of students with yeah. you. Yeah. We, uh, Colin Brooks, Matt Pomeroy, myself, Stephanie, we had an emerging leader session yesterday where we were yes. trying to drum up some excitement, some support, and really just get the word out there to young professionals yeah. who will be the future of our profession as to what shape does, what we can do for them, what they can and will eventually do for us. It's so exciting to hear that you're drumming up uh, young ne- folks like that. Next time, have it on Wednesday or Thursday. They were flying <laughs> in yesterday. <laughs> I will say, it was originally supposed to be a totally different project that yeah. then turned into a session on the schedule. Okay. So we kind of just got stuck in there, unfortunately. But we would love to have next year. them next year. I'm sure there are 
hundreds if not thousands of young professionals who couldn't make it or maybe don't even know that we do this once a year. What's one thing about a national convention like this that people don't know about that you could shed some light on? Well, I think this is Lauren speaking. I think one thing is that you are in, you can be inspired. You can be inspired by people that are doing great things or people that are doing things that maybe you never thought of or in your school they told you you can't. And so you see people that are doing things that, man, I can get over those barriers and I can do that same thing and I can make a difference in kids' lives. And one of the things I took away from that awesome speaker too is that he followed some of his students to see where they went and how much better their outcome was than the average person in the Bronx where he lives. The other thing is this country is so huge, all right? So we're talking New York State, but then we're talking New Hampshire. We have probably one million people, like a fraction of the population. So for my students who typically come from a, you know, less populated area, to come to this conference, to meet people, it's it puts them outside their comfort zone. Sure. And that's what I really want them to do because we want teachers to be outside their comfort zone, network with people, talk to people, because really, if we're gonna make a difference, those are some of the skills that you need to learn and know and be able to do. I think one of the, the themes from everyone we've talked to is that, yeah, obviously the sessions here are great. We have some of the best teachers in the country who come to present here, but what's probably even more powerful is the people that you meet. You will go home to New Hampshire and have a new friend from Seattle or from California or from Texas who does the same thing you do, is interested in the same thing, and you can now start collaborating across this gigantic country from your teeny tiny little state and know that you're not alone, you're not on an island. So it's a very important piece of the puzzle, I think. And I also think that when you're at this conference, because you come to the exhibit hall, you go to sessions, you hear people talk, you meet people, you see possibilities that you might not have seen growing up. The way that your teacher taught or the way that you might have gone in your field experience or your student teaching, that you might not have seen the possibilities that you see here. It really opens up whole new worlds and whole new possibilities. And I think that the students that come here are literally our future leaders. They made the effort. They did the fundraising, they they got their, whether student teaching or they got their professors in their classes to say, it's great, go ahead. And they have that professional hat on, that I am a leader. And I, and I think it's great that you had that follow the leader. And I think it's great that, that um, US Games has this booth and that Open is doing so many cool things like having the Paralympic cu curriculum along with the Olympic curriculum. I mean, that's what we need to see. That's what our students need to see and that's what children need to see. And I just think you're doing some great things. For those of you who don't know much about Dr. Lieberman, first of all, shame on you. Uh, I, feel like, I feel like your whole life story has been people telling you you can't do things and then you very humbly proving them wrong every step of the way. What do you? Th what would do both of you think is one of the, if not the largest obstacle that PE in general faces right now? Kind of a meaty question for you there. Actually, uh, some of the research that we just did on IEPs, looking at why are physical education teachers left out of their IEPs, people, administrators, and special ed directors, don't know what we do. They don't understand. It's just, and one of the teachers, I was just in North Dakota, and she said, "Well, it's just phi ed." What we need to do is market ourselves more. Everybody here that has such great media and such great um, uh, materials to share about what they do, we have to share what we're doing and what a difference we're making, but we can't show that difference unless we assess. And I have teachers saying again and again, well, they don't respect us, they don't value what we do. And I said, until you can show them, you make a difference, like that science teacher or that math teacher, that shows the pre and the post test, we are never going to be seen as equal to them. 
You're never gonna get to go to a conference together like they do unless you show that you're as valuable as them. And so what we need to do is we need to share what the value of physical education, the glory and, and the awesomeness that we are. We have to share that. But a lot of schools, they just still look at us just by ed. Um, and unfortunately, our teachers are left out of IEP meetings and they don't even have a place at the table to share what we're doing. I'll speak to a, a larger issue, so Lauren's more at what teachers can specifically do. I think, again, uh, taking something from the keynote, the problem becomes the opportunity. So the problem for what we're facing is a, a constrained environment for in individuals, food that's not healthy, and we have kids who are not you know, healthy children, and so let's take that and how can we make that into an opportunity? And I think that's one of the thing, one of the advantages of coming here is again, you know, we can't say, well, I don't have this and I don't have that and I don't have this. I think if we can turn that conversation and reframe it and make this an opportunity that you are in a position, that's what I tell my students all the time, you're in a position to make a difference. But you know, you have to you have to keep going, you have to keep rallying because there are barriers. So that's, that would be my message, is take that problem and make it into an opportunity. And you have to be solutions oriented. Exactly. So it can't be, oh, I have all this all this red tape and all these things right. that I have to get through. It's like, no, what can I do? Well, you know, what's in my power to you know, push and move the needle forward as much as I can as a teacher in my classroom? And we were talking a little bit about that in Emerging Leaders yesterday, yeah. where Sometimes you have to break through the ignorance. You know, your administrators, your superintendents yeah. just might not know what is happening, how high quality your instruction is, and what your students are getting out of your instruction. Show them. Yeah. You know? And maybe that's maybe that's our our job in higher ed is to teach more advocacy, self-advocacy. How can you promote your program? How can you share your successes? What are some avenues to do that? Like bulletin boards, newsletters. Uh, having a parents' night, all those kind of things can help promote your program, but we're not doing enough of that because that's why we're looked down upon so, so much, and that to me is one of, the, one of the barriers, teaching people how to advocate and make their life easier in the end. I'm so glad to hear you say that. My next question actually was going to be, how? obviously I know from experience that we do preach this at the higher ed level um, and getting people excited about their profession, but then how do we bridge the gap from being a soon-to-be graduate to, oh my goodness, I'm a first-year teacher, I have no idea what's going on, I don't know how to like, live my life as a first-year teacher. How do we bridge that gap so that once you leave the hallowed halls of your, mm -hmm. of your, your college or your grad program to the real world, that we can continue doing our job effectively, but also fighting the good fight and not getting burnt out and... and Let me take that one. Sure. Co cohorts. So I've got eight students here. They're gonna stay together even if they're in different states. I see teachers who have been in the field, they're coming back to present. I've got two teachers, they're presenting together, but I know they're sticking together. And it's just, it's like Lauren and I. You know, it's like, I'm hanging with you, you're hanging with me, positive energy, and I think well, you, you don't wanna feel like you're isolated. You wanna feel like you're, I think people wanna feel part of something. Mm -hmm. And that's what I'd say, cohorts, peers, reaching out, professionalism. That would be the difference, how you bridge that. And, and also, um, one of our colleagues, Dr. Elisa James, wrote a book on what, like your first year teaching and how do you get through that first year of teaching. And I think that's a great tool to have in your toolbox because that helps you navigate some of those barriers that you're going to face when you're working with teachers that are older than you, your paraeducators are older than you. 
they give you $100 for equipment, what do you do? And uh, it's, a great, it's a great tool for them too. I think cohorts is a great idea too. I, I think yeah. the, the support of, of any type, whether it's in-person support, those Twitter groups where people can, can connect, and again, the networking, the relationships, will help you. There are people who are going through the same things that you are, mm -hmm. and I think just knowing where to lean is the first step. And also continuing professional development, coming to conferences and leaning on people and asking those questions about the things that you're frustrated and you're butting your head up against, because I bet you there's another dozen people out there that are experiencing the same thing, that they, they might have ex also they might have also experienced that already and be able to give you feedback. For sure. And lastly, yeah. thank you for your podcast. Thank you for your Twitter. I like look at it, I'm like, oh, but you're doing it. And I think it's that social media that's really important in this day and age to for connect sure. people. Yeah. So it's, thanks. it's one of the biggest platforms that teachers are connecting. Exactly. So I can say with certainty that I wouldn't be here in Nashville. I wouldn't be behind this microphone if it was not for you, Dr. Lieberman. Yay. And I don't tell you nearly as often as I should, certainly not in person as often as I should. Your students, Michelle, will definitely be better. They're, they're already better because of you. So thank you for the work that both of you do and continue to do. Thank you for being such leaders and inspiring those of us who just want to be just want to be you when we grow up someday. So, Thanks so much. Thank you for being here today. Thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your week. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.